On subsequent visits to the hen house, the fox follows the path it has already tramped down through the snow, thereby conserving energy and reducing hen-stealing time. Williams argues that, despite the benefits and possible increase in fitness accruing to the fox as a result of its having tramped down the snow with its feet, nothing in the structure of fox feet or legs suggests that they are designed for snow packing or removal. The structural features of fox feet and legs can be explained adequately as adaptations for running and walking. No anatomical evidence exists that natural selection favored foxes whose feet were more efficient at snowpacking over foxes whose feet were less efficient at snowpacking. Walking and running, then, are properly called the functions of fox limbs, while snowpacking is simply a fortuitous effect. The capacity of fox brains to detect and make use of the easiest path is, however, an adaptation. Although evolutionary theorists regularly praise Williams's landmark book, Adaptation and Natural Selection, some theorists appear to forget that Williams advocated the doctrine of parsimony as a guiding theoretical principle, not just as a reason to project group selection, and they treat adaptation as a general and facile concept that should be used wherever possible. This point can be illustrated by considering recent arguments that among human females, the menopause is an adaptation. The menopause is the permanent cessation of menstruation and the beginning of infertility which most commonly occurs in modern populations at 48 years of age. Melges and Hamburg, 1977. And in medieval human populations at about 50 years of age. Jones, 1975. Since natural selection is for reproductive success, it is difficult to account for the evolution of menopause. Using a group selection model, Campbell, 1971, suggests two functions for menopause. First, because humans mature so slowly, a posture-productive period is essential to ensure the survival of the last child a woman bears. Second, non-reproducing older people contribute knowledge and wisdom 
to the social group or population and thereby enhance its survival. Alexander, 1974, and Dawkins, 1976, however, use inclusive fitness theory to explain the evolution of menopause. Since human females become reproductively less efficient with age, at some point in a woman's life, her inclusive fitness may be better served by investing time and energy in her existing offspring. By finding the mates, for example, or in her grandchildren than in attempting to bear additional offspring. Dawkins, 1976, colon 136, writes, When a woman reached the age where the average chance of her each child reaching adulthood was just less than half the chance of each grandchild of the same age reaching adulthood, any gene for investing a grandchild in grandchildren in preference to children would tend to prosper. Such a gene is carried by only one in four grandchildren, whereas the rival gene is carried by one in two children. But the greater expectation of life of the grandchildren outweighs this, and the grandchild altruism gene prevails in the gene pool. A woman could not invest fully in her grandchildren if she went on having children of her own. Therefore, genes for becoming reproductively infertile in middle age became more numerous, since they were carried in the bodies of grandchildren whose survival was assisted by grandmotherly altruism. This might be called the Jewish mother theory of menopause. But comparative evidence indicates that if they live long enough, all female mammals become infertile. Although it is extremely rare for a wild female mammal to reach the age of infertility, many do so in the artificially secure conditions of captivity. Jones, 1975. During the third decade of life, captive female rhesus monkeys experience progressive decline and eventual termination of menstruation, changing patterns of hormone production, and termination of fertility that parallel human patterns. Jones, 1975. Hajin et al., 1977. Lawick Goodall, 1975, reports that one free-living female chimpanzee reached menopause before she died. In an extremely rather decrepit state rarely observed in the wild, at an estimated age of 50, and that one other old female evidenced a spacing out of cycles before her disappearance and presumed death. 
1961, summarizes the skeletal evidence on the lifespan of Pleistocene humans and demonstrates that few individuals passed 40 years, and it is only quite exceptionally that any passed 50. Page 222. Until recently, the number of women who lived long enough for infertility resulting from old age to influence reproductive success must have been negligible. Menopause probably is an artifact of recent improvements in the circumstances of human life analogous to the artificially secure conditions of captivity for non-human mammals. Dawkins, 1976, suggests that the abruptness of menopause compared with the gradual fading of male fertility provides evidence that menopause is an adaptation, and he attributes this sex difference to differing patterns of parental investment. It is to a male's advantage to remain fertile into old age because of the possibility of siring offspring in which he will not invest time or energy. Presumably, he too is investing in grandchildren. But in fact, menopause is not an abrupt event. It is preceded by several years of declining fertility and irregular menstrual cycles. Jones, 1975. In any case, if survival beyond 50 years of age for either sex was almost non-existent throughout most of human evolutionary history, present sex differences among older people are byproducts of something else. The male-female difference in termination of fertility may be a concomitant of the much greater physiological expenditure female fertility entails. Thus, the menopause is more parsimoniously interpreted as an artifact than as an adaptation.